Product Board Engineering Leadership Podcast. 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 Welcome once again to the Product Board Engineering Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Sandberg, and my guest today is Daniel Hale, CTO here at Product Board. Welcome to the program, Daniel. Hey, uh, I'm excited to do this. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, I'm super excited, excited as well. We talked last time about how we are definitely going to be having non-product board guests, but as it happens, the first two guests in the history of the podcast are my former manager today and my current manager last time. So in the early going, the podcast is a who's who of leadership for me personally at Product Board. So that's a little fun. Our topic today will be facilitating employee growth and I'll just start with a personal observation, Daniel, that I'm really excited to talk to you specifically about this, not only because you certainly know something about it, but of any founder or leader that I've worked with, or at least in the very top few, you seem to have been very thoughtful about this topic very early in your journey to being a founder or leader. I think different topics become important to people at different times. And and my experience with you is that you think about this a lot, but also somehow that you awaken to it very early in your journey. And so I, I find your, your perspective on it very interesting for that reason. So little kudos to you for that. Thanks for, for saying that. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the, one of the things I, I realize is that in my career, I always optimized for, you know, what, where I can learn the most. So I was joining companies where I felt that I can learn a lot and I can grow and, you know, progress towards my goals. And once I felt that there's not much more to learn, then I had the tendency to leave. And so, you know, if this is how most engineers are thinking, then, you know, companies better think really hard about their, you know, career development, uh, you know, processes and plans. Yeah. And so you've maybe half answered this already, but I want to start with the question of what are the really, really concrete reasons that we're, we're talking about this question at all? Why do we need a systematic approach to growth when we're already hiring a bunch of the best of the best engineers who have growth mentality as part of their mindset already? Aren't they just going to read every blog post and go to every conference out of their own strong motivation and just grow into the greatest engineers and leaders ever anyway? I think they will. Uh, you know, I think that um, it's not like without uh, company support, people wouldn't uh, improve and wouldn't learn. And, you know, I, I um, have as well in my career for, for companies that there was almost no support, you know, from the company and still, you know, I progress. So it's not like um, people are not going to learn at all. But from my experience, I, what I've observed here at Product Board and, you know, interviewing hundreds of different engineers and from my past companies, I've seen that, um, you know, you as an engineer can grow at least twice as fast if you are in a company that really supports that uh, compared to, you know, companies that don't have maybe that's such a strong engineering culture and they don't have such a strong focus on helping their engineers to grow. Do you have a specific uh, story about uh, a a mistake that that uh, a leader made with you or that you made with somebody that really hammered home to you the point that this doesn't work if the leader is not committed to it and and thinking about it? Was there 
particular, you don't have to name names, but did it, was there a particular mistake or a company you left where you said, wow, in retrospect, this was really bad. And that was the thing that drove me out. It was, it was growth specifically. And this was the day, or this was the. Well, maybe I will, I will start with positive example. That was super early in my career. I was maybe 20 uh, back then. I know I was working for these big international companies, you know, still quite junior engineer. And suddenly I, I got this, um, trust to lead quite a big project. It was, um, you know, qu quite a big uh, infrastructure change across five different countries in Europe of that company. And so suddenly in my, you know, when I was 20, I, I was flying around Europe and, you know, leading this, this change of infrastructure. And it was like surprising that uh, at a such a, such a uh, young age, I can do project like that, but it was, it wouldn't be possible if I wouldn't get all the support from my former boss back then that trusted me and understood that this is, you know, the direction I want to grow. And he gave me enough feedback and direction to, to make it work. Okay. So I'm a new leader and I need to, I'm responsible for, and I need to, uh, facilitate a systematic approach for the growth of my employees. Uh, what are the major obstacles that are that are going to get in my way that I should be aware of, and and how do I solve them? I think there there is few. One, uh, you need to make sure that people uh, that want to grow uh, that they have a pretty good idea what's their end goal, right? Because without any goal in mind and without the reason why, it's really hard for them to figure out what they should be doing and and why, right? Uh, so that's one thing. It's having a you know this uh, lighthouse in the distance, this this goal. Uh, they're you know trying to grow towards. Um, second is making sure that you know that as well. You know what's the goal, what the goal is, because ideally, um, you you want to help them grow into their own direction, uh, not in, into what you know maybe where you personally would like to see them. Uh, so it's really you know on on their motivations and, and wants and wishes. So that's the second is making sure that there is a, a clarity for you as well. Um, and then third is that, um, you know, they're spending actually enough time on uh, on career development and, and trying to improve because, you know, it, it can be very easy to uh, just be excited about all the uh, product goals that you know uh, are in your company, and you're just working on on, on the, the the product and shipping code. And you know, uh, I realize that um, you know if there is a strong product culture in company and people get excited about shipping value for customers, um, it can be easy to just uh, lose track of your growth plans and just you know skip the time you. Uh, previously dedicated to it, so I would say those those three things is you know, one making sure that everybody has a goal in mind, a second uh, making sure that there is actually a partnership between the engineer and the manager, and they are working together on this, and they are supporting the manager is supporting the engineer, and then third is making sure that there is enough time dedicated to it. So I'm gonna maybe just try to dig deep on some of these obstacles you talk about and uh, try to throw you some versions of them that I think and I've seen, and maybe you have some more specific suggestions uh, how to deal with those. I, I find, and this is a bit of the old man perspective here, uh, I find that, that, so one thing is making sure that you have a way of getting, to, uh, having a lighthouse in the distance. 
But uh, at my age, uh, I find that the lighthouse in the distance is a lot harder to get to than when I was younger. Uh, the deluge of technologies, uh, blog posts, places that you can learn, ways that you can learn, different kinds of roles and opportunities. It's not about titles, but the different kinds of things you can do, even within technology, in, for me, has just exploded. So how do you help somebody wade through all that noise? I know that okay, we want to get to a lighthouse in the distance, but imagine that actually the problem is not finding the lighthouse, but there are 30,000 lighthouses and some of them aren't even really lighthouses. How do we, how do we narrow down to one that, that, that fits us? How do we help somebody get there? Um, yeah, well, I, I would say, you know, I wouldn't stress really about having it very clearly defined. And of course, somebody might say, yeah, I, I want to be CTO or I want to be head of engineering at mid-sized company and that that's quite um you know specific for others it might be more vague right and i think it's okay um i don't think the goal should be you know just to have a meeting and then within 90 minutes figure out everything right i think it, this is uh ongoing conversation um and it's something that will change and so i think what's what's most important is just actually to start having those conversations and start talking about um, where you see yourself and, and why and really understand what are the specifics uh, of the role that maybe you now think is your goal, but maybe it might change in the future, but core attributes will st stay the same. So I think, you know, just having the conversation at all is, is a great uh, way how to start. Yeah. So one of the things I heard from you is basically about having uh, the lighthouse, but having flexibility. So you yeah. said it doesn't have to be too well-developed, too well-planned out. And another sort of obstacle I want to focus on there is uh, sort of short-term versus long-term looks at how we want to do these things. And do you find that there's a tendency to uh, people to unnecessarily focus more on the short-term or the long-term when they're they're planning to do this? And, and what are the potential pitfalls of, of that? Yeah, I, I think like one, one inter interesting thing is uh, that people sometimes feel they are limited by, by their current role and responsibilities, right? Maybe you are a software engineer, but you feel like you want to maybe lead a whole engineering team some someday in the future. Uh, and so it feels like, oh, the next step should be that, you know, I need to grow into the engineer manager. Um, but if there are no opportunities because there's no team that needs a new engineering manager, you might feel stuck, right? But actually, when you start thinking about, okay, so what is it, what is the, the role of CTO or of head of engineering about? Like, what are the skills I need to have? What are the experiences I need to have? And if you sit down and start listing them and you will realize, okay, so I need to know how to interview candidates. I need to know how to present in front of people, for example. And suddenly, as a software engineer, in the individual contributor, you can already start doing both, right? You can already start doing maybe meetup talks and learn and practice how to talk in front of the bigger groups of people this way. And actually, um, you know, individual contributors, engineers are more, more likely to have conference talks and meetup talks because there's just more meetup talks about engineering compared to engineering management. And so actually, you know, you can start doing, I think you can start learning most of the things you'll need even as an engineer. And so I think, you know, just having this, this, um, this mindset of trying to, you know, not just focus on the title, but more about, okay, what are the aspects of the work and what are the skills I need to learn? 
and this way figure out even though I'm not engineering manager yet, what are the things I can start doing now, I can start doing today to start learning and growing towards the goal. Do you think there's some kind of special set of red flags to watch out for, for, for somebody where you can quickly tell that they're too focused on the, the title or the salary or, or the, the concrete what's happening next quarter or what's happening with my job description and they're not really engaging with the bigger question of what do I really want? What's out there? Is there, is there some phrase or some attitude that is easy to spot? Well, I, I wouldn't say that like I would flag those things necessarily as bad. So if somebody really thinks in terms of career letters, after all, that's, that's why career letters were designed, right? Career letters is a way how company is saying what's, important for the company and if you learn that and if you progress you'll get a title and you know hopefully it correlates with the with the impact in the company so i think that it's it's okay to start thinking like this but uh, you might limit your opportunities this way because if that's how most people are thinking then you know there's just specific set of opportunities for let's say you know specific number of engineering managers the company needs or specific number of principal um, engineer level projects the company is going to do and so if you are thinking in this uniform way it might be harder for you to progress you also mentioned as one of the sort of key obstacles is not enough time spent or not enough awareness from either the employee or the manager slash leader. And I think this is a big one Yeah, because we all have a lot of things that we need to spend our time on. So how, how can you make sure that you spend enough time without spending too much time or without feeling too pressured to spend time? What are, what are the, what are the ways to, to make that work efficiently? Let's say, yeah, well, you know, let me start with saying that you don't have to be working on personal development all the time. It's okay um, not to, you know, spend time on it uh, for for a while because you know life happens. Maybe you, you know, your first child was just born, or I don't know, like different things might happen, and you know you have different priorities in your life. So at first, you know, I just want to start with saying it's it's okay not to focus on it uh, for 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 some time, or maybe maybe you know being happy where you are and just wanting more of the same. I think that's okay. But if you really want to progress, then you need to put the effort in it. And, you know, sometimes it's just the way how, you know, how you pick projects to work on and maybe the way how your manager is supporting you. But other times it might be just, you know, really spending time on learning and reading and uh, maybe, you know, writing blog posts or anything you want to practice. It might be, you might be doing more work that doesn't necessarily fit your you know, weekly sprints or like the work of your team. Um, and, and, and it's interesting is, you know, if you have very motivated people and you think about, so they, you know, maybe they every day they have a stand up and they have to be talking about, you know, what they implemented for a past day. And every maybe two weeks, there is a demo where they are presenting their features and, you know, they uh, want to feel proud about their accomplishments. And so they want to work hard to, deliver something that's meaningful and they have high bars for themselves, for their product work. And so they want to put all the effort that um, they can into, into the work that's presented all the time. Um, uh, b- 
but since you know there isn't balance between how we talk about personal growth you don't like um present on all hands what you learned like how you maybe learned um, about new stack or i don't know something like that um then it's it's easy to stop just you know forget about it and stop doing it because there's just so much kind of implicit motivation and pressure towards the product goals and so i think this is a this is a area where you as a manager can help a lot because you can balance this product pressure with your own questions about the growth of the of your engineer and so for example if they say hey i really you know would like to start writing blog posts um and that's you know i've i would like to write first maybe my first three technical blog posts uh, next quarter or, or half a year well it sounds like maybe a good 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 plan let's do it right so um i agree um and so you might say okay so uh you know feel free to spend i don't know what time uh, the person would need to do this um and that's like initial agreement and it can easily can easily stick with it and you can easily say yeah that's okay that's the plan that's great and i've seen many people to just go and do it and write those blog posts and it's fine but sometimes you know what will happen is after two months you'll ask them hey so how how is it going with your blog posts and you will say hey i, I actually haven't started because we had this release and you know you're working hard on it and you know, so I, I focus on delivering the features we want to deliver. And so I haven't actually spent any time on, on writing the blog posts. And so it's like, hmm, interesting. So, okay, um, let's do maybe another check-in in, in, in a month. And then if in a month they'll say, hey, actually, I haven't progressed, then you can, you can um, you know, start helping them a bit more and say, okay, so what about we would agree that, you know, until next week, uh, let's, you know, let's come up with at least topics for those blog posts or kind of like help them first break the bigger initiative, bigger project into smaller ones, smaller milestone. And then by asking them maybe every, like with higher frequency, maybe every week, then you can balance this pressure. And so they will understand, okay, the company and you as a manager representing the company, so the company is actually it does care about my growth and this is a way how they're telling me that you know, maybe it's okay if our features we wanna ship will slip um just because i was writing blog posts because blog posts might be important for the company as well and maybe i you know my growth might be important as well and so this way just by you know having like those discussions and coaching questions and helping them bring bigger initiative into smaller ones you can actually help them actually spend the time they want to spend on it yeah, I think we've hit a little bit of the overlap. We, you might have talked a little bit about organizational setup uh, somewhere in this conversation. I can't remember. I might have heard that, that word. And so obviously as the individual uh, leader or manager who has a direct report, I'm, I'm trying to facilitate their growth. But I'm going to give you an example and then a question. Uh, one, one example that follows on with your blog post uh, topic, which I found really easy to do here uh, at Product Board, is I found a great way to facilitate this is to give them, give this employee, actually a real employee, several, in essence, an accountability buddy. And hmm. by that buddy, I mean somebody else in the company who cares about blog posts being written, but has no particular reason to hire or fire people or no particular reason to give somebody a performance evaluation or anything like that. Because of course, as their manager, I want to be attentive to their growth. 
But if you give somebody, if you give them somebody who is positively interested in blog posts being written to give them some of the juice and motivation to do that, that's helpful because then it's not always me as the leader. It's not always me. We're not always coming back to the growth conversations talking about that. They might have a social conversation about that with one of our copywriters, or they might seek out one of the copywriters and sort of tie themselves to some accountability. Hey, copywriter, I would really like to write a blog post. Um, and then the, the copywriter will sort of check in with them. Do you have anything yet? Because if it's, we need to slot it into our schedule or whatever. And I think there's an overlap here with the question of organizational setup because you can imagine an organization where people wouldn't feel comfortable. They wouldn't know who the copywriter was. Uh, it wouldn't be easy to make that introduction. So you don't have to follow up on the blog post example specifically. I wanted to use that to kind of make the, the topic more concrete because it's worked fantastically for me in a lot of ways, but very specifically for the blog posting example. <laughs> and I think there's a piece of product board and the way you set it up in there. So, so uh, maybe not as a more than just a line manager, maybe as a leader of a department or an organization or, or um, let's say a group of teams or a tribe, even if we're talking about engineering, you know, what are the considerations about uh, what, what do you need to, to concretely do to facilitate growth? Because I think there's some, some responsibility and some thinking required there as well. Um, well, one thing is, you know, and now we are talking about, you know, making sure that, uh, the, the time is spent early and it's, it's interesting how, for me, this was comp complex to figure out because, you know, for, for ages, you wanted to start writing blog posts. And I said that, um, yeah, so anybody that has an idea to write a blog post about you have, I don't know, one or two days or maybe three days, you can just, you know, maybe stay home, not ship any features and just start working on it and write your, write your blog post. And surprisingly, not that many people done it. And so I was like, wow, so you know, why this doesn't work? Like what's, 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 what's the issue here? And, um, I think one is really goal setting. So, um, and now we are, when we are talking about growth plans, that's usually what, what do you mean by that is, uh, you already have your, um, you know, lighthouse in the distance and you know why you want to start writing blog posts. Maybe you want to grow into staff engineering and be great at, uh, writing engineering design docs. And, you know, so you, you want to learn how to write uh, about technical topics and so that's maybe your goal and um but it's that's very far in the distance and as a manager you want to break it down and um figure out with your with your engineer something that would be very concrete for next three to six months um and so this is the first thing is okay so let's write down the goals you want to achieve uh let's be very specific and let like let's put uh, a like um, time like um, deadline to it, and so so that's a, that's a good start. So you just mentioned pretty recently some really important words that come up with this topic, which is I think the first time we've uttered them in this podcast, which is a, a growth plan. So yeah. it seems we've established that we need to spend time on growth. We need to have a lighthouse in the distance, and then we need a growth plan to get us there. But what is a growth plan really? Yeah, I think um, it's interesting is that it's actually uh, can be very different for everybody. And, you know, I've seen a lot of different templates and I don't really um, care which one you'll use. It's more like what the person feels they need. And so sometimes it might be just, um, you know, okay, the, the plan is, let's say for me to write 
x number of blog posts or do x number of um, public um, talks and that's it right and there's time frame let's say half a year and you have your three five bullet points written down in your um, you know one-on-one -on -one document and it's something that then you can get back to uh, from time to time to do a check-in and then in half a year you can you can review the progress or it can be much more detailed right so you know if the goal is uh, you know you know you you want to start leading bigger uh, like uh, bigger initiatives and you know really being a good um, communicator speaker is really important for you um, you can put together much more detailed set of things that um, you know you could you could do you can help the person get a, a speaking coach maybe they, they need English courses because they're not native speaker um, and then you know you can really break it down in um, a lot of smaller things to work on um, and it might help it you know progressing faster with, with motivation with making sure that there's enough time to spend on it so I think it really depends um, on the people and what they feel they need do you have any specific example of a really weird need or really surprising something that somebody needed for for their growth plan or is it just more every experience is different and i think it's usually um you know it starts with very um broad generic description um and then the the because you like you you don't want to force or like try to push some structure on, on people if they don't feel they need it, right? But then um, if you you will both agree that actually the, the progress isn't that, that great, then you can try to help more and, you know, ask questions. Okay, so uh, so you want to get great at writing good engineering design docs. So what's the next step you can do? Uh, Maybe we don't have a person that already knows how to do it in our current company. So maybe let's figure out who you could talk to and learn this from. So maybe the next step is uh, let's create a list of people that are great at this and let's, you know, uh, maybe let's start reading uh, what they're writing and let's let's connect with them and let's talk to them directly, something like that. So you as a, as a manager can be uh, a coach in this conversation, helping them figure out what are the things they could do to actually progress? And then that's something you can fill into the into the growth plan. Yeah, and you brought up the magic word of coach. So I think it's a nice segue to, okay, we've created a growth plan, but then how do we make the growth plan happen? And I'm sort of, spoiler alert, I'm giving away part of it because there's some coaching involved, but okay, we've established that we need to uh, have a growth plan, but that's maybe there's some conversations, but at some point we have embarked on the growth plan, but how do we make sure we get through it and we get, we find some way to get where we plan to go? Yeah, so one thing is, you know, where this is extremely beneficial to have all those conversations is that, um, you know, now you can be much better at giving feedback. So we, you know, we have this culture of radical candor, which means, um, uh, caring about people personally, but challenging them directly. And what I learned is that, you know, for example, somebody is giving a presentation on internal meetup or internal, like all hands. And 
I see things that could be improved, right? Because it's, I don't know, it's like, okay, but not great. Um, and in most cases, like I would typically let that slip because, you know, it's not like, you know, we are engineers, we are not like professional public speakers. Maybe knowing how to give great talk isn't something that is on top of our priorities and people have, you know, different problems to solve first. And so uh, I wouldn't give maybe any feedback um, at that point, or if I would, maybe it wouldn't be taken that, that well because, um, you know, it, it wouldn't create a good, good atmosphere, let's say. But if I know that that person wants to be great public speaker because that's something they need to learn for their future ca career, it's much easier because now we are aligned on this goal and we are working together. So I know that um, if I'll give them feedback, uh, they will know that I'm giving them because I know that that's their goal and I'm trying to help them to reach their goal. And so it makes just giving feedback much more easier and I know what to focus on. And now it's my duty actually to do it. Um, and so that's one thing. And second thing are those check-ins, just, you know, uh, having continuous conversation, maybe the goal um, should change. Maybe there's some learning that's affecting what, what, the, what the priority is, or it's just, you know, asking, asking a lot of questions. So clearly these conversations in different phases and developing the growth plan and executing the growth plan, these conversations are very important. So I'm willing to go as deep down the hole as you want to about how do these conversations work? What, how, how do we do them? What, or if you want to start with what are the right things to do or things you've seen gone wrong or any, any really specific thing uh, that you think could be helpful to somebody trying to really grasp how to get started with this topic of how to have these conversations. You started with feedback. We could stay with feedback or. Yeah, I think, uh, it, it, um, it really depends what, the uh, what the problem is at this point. When the problem is really figure out where the person wants to, um, lead what what you know what's their goal then there's this great book um i just read like a while back it's called uh help them grow or watch them go which is actually just a book focus on you know how to have um those conversations and so how to how to ask right questions and help people figure it uh, this out for themselves and i even there is actually a deck of cards that you can buy that has uh, great examples of um questions you can you can ask um, either about their past, their future, maybe their present that can help uncover this. Um, and you know, there, there's a couple of things I, I tried and one of them is really start from the beginning and really, you know, you need to be, um, um, you need to uh, want to learn more about those people and really be uh, genuinely curious about them. And sometimes it feels a bit like extension, actually ex ex extension of, the interview you already had. And so really, okay, so you, they're already hired and you know probably something about them already from the interviews if you had the chance to interview them personally. But this is kind of conversation you can continue having. And so you can really talk about their past and different jobs and most importantly to focus on why they, they switched from one job to another. Um, you know, what, what were the reasons why they stopped liking the, 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 the previous job? So maybe there were, um, you know, things they, um, had to do, they didn't particularly liked, or, uh, 
there were things they wanted to do, but there was not enough of those at, at the previous company. Um, and so it's it's super interesting to just go into this uh, um, conversation. And I had few of them just recently with few people here at Product Board, and sometimes they were like 90-minute conversations all the way back to almost uh, kindergarten uh, to, to the school where actually those those early experiences might be very interesting as well because you know I had this engineer and um, I was you know never really thinking about uh, him as as a as a manager because he was just so deep in the technical stuff and I feel like yeah that's the prototype of like really um, you know um, like specialist engineer that really wants to go super deep and understand everything and break everything apart and build like uh, put it back together just to understand how it works but then we we started to have this conversation and he was telling me actually you know i, I started my first company or kind of um like um, almost a company when he was like 14 and he just put together a group of uh, friends and they started working on like uh, implementing uh, a game um, and then again when he was like 17 again something like that happened where he just you know wanted to work on something with, with more people but actually he realized that he never was like the the the, the best uh, engineer maybe in in that group but he really enjoyed just you know uh, you know putting those people together and making sure they're excited about the project they are working on and you know, even he, he at, at one point was like, I felt like maybe I just, you know, my goal is just to make them happy and maybe, you know, brew coffee or something. But just, you know, they, they've done such a great uh, job already and I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, this pattern was again in, you know, when we talk about university and how, how he uh, worked like on team assignments. Again, he, he was usually the communicator. And so it's interesting how, how much contrast there was between... Um, his tendencies before and now his deep excitement about technology and so that helped me understand really you know more about where he's coming from and you know why he might have different uh, motivations or ambitions yeah I, I recently actually had a very similar uh, experience with someone who's out of a completely different team than mine who I discovered had a what I would call a secret hobby and I actually scheduled a meeting to discuss that person's secret hobby with them to get the to get to know them better. Yeah, they're not on my team, but I think this is something I can share with other people to to get to know something about them better. Not the secret hobby; that's a secret. But what I think uh, they should, you know, take a look at with this person. Yeah, and so you can uh, you can either have those, you know, you can schedule a bigger session and maybe go for a coffee or beer and talk about this. And usually, it's surprisingly pleasant conversation. Um, some people tend to like to talk about them, um, and so it's not 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 like hard conversation to have, and it's super interesting. This you know past experiences of people, and that will help you really see them in slightly different uh, light. Uh, but then as well, you don't have to do it in one meeting. You can just this is some something that you can do, you know, in some of your one-on-ones, and just have a one or two questions prepared for maybe every other. One-on-one uh, -on -one to talk through, and I mentioned before this, um, you know, deck of cards from the book help, help them grow or watch them go. That um, is something that I personally am using sometimes as an inspiration. It's just a deck of cards, and you can pull pull in one, and it's like a question written on it. And I'll read you one example now. For example, this is this says, 
um, you know, what kind of work have you typically gravitated away from? And so that's, huh, that's interesting. And now you can ask the question and it will tell you, hey, I, I don't know, I don't like uh, work that doesn't have any UI because I want to see what I'm working on. So I, I like features that are like visual or something. And so, uh, and you can start having those conversations. Why? And that will really help you understand people more. Um, and it will help you, you know, uh, decide actually, uh, you know, what kind of work they would like in the future. So I actually cheated a little bit and I read the same book. So I have some, some ideas of my own, uh, about this and, and a few of the things that I really loved on about it, uh, I'll share with you and see if you have any, uh, reflection, but, uh, number one, most of all, uh, was to make this less intimidating for me as the leader, as the manager, because it gives me the, the book is very specific about giving me the permission to be the facilitator of the employee's growth and the growth actually being the employee's sole responsibility. Have you, have you felt that doing yeah. anything for you yeah. in your yeah. practice of this? I mean, like in general, uh, I would say with any goal setting, uh, if you want to uh, make it work, you need to uh, have those people that are responsible for reaching those goals to set them for themselves. It, it, it doesn't have to be necessarily connected with personal growth. It can be, you know, product objective. So ideally the team should set it for themselves. And so I've seen that work much better. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a perfect counterpoint to that, that statement, even though, yes, we want to have sort of clear, concrete actionables and, and ownership, uh, the book uh, makes the point that when you have these conversations with an employee, don't jump too quickly from possibility to action. You, you gave a story about learning about somebody's past. There's a lot of other different kinds of questions you can ask. And as a, as a, as a person who likes to solve problems, which a lot of leaders or managers are, your tendency can be, oh, I have the insight. I have just the action for that. Let me introduce that into the conversation right now. And it's also reinforced by the idea that you should sort of leave every meeting with action points, not just career conversations. Yeah. And I really liked the, the impetus, which I have as a person for sure, but not necessarily as a leader. Let, let the idea breathe. Uh, yeah. I, I thought it was almost like uh, I drew a... a kind of a connection with, with product discovery. Yeah. You don't, you don't uh, jump into the delivery phase too early, right? You, yeah. you give the discovery time, time to play out. So that was a huge one for me and a great balance to the idea of we need ownership here. We need action here, but we don't need action before we've really given the ideas time to breathe. So those are, those are two ideas that I, that were really strongly uh, impactful for me. Yeah, there's there's maybe one more thing that um, I uh, found uh, influential. It's it's called Alliance, and it's by uh, Reid Hoffman and a couple of more people from I think they're from uh, LinkedIn. It's quite short and high level, but basically what they are saying is that you know when you are hiring uh, an employee, um, you are actually like joining a mutual alliance that should be like mutually beneficial. It's not about money per se, but it's more like, so uh, what the employee can get from working here, like what we can offer them on top of money. And usually it's it's uh, some uh, sort of career progression. 
And either you know there you know there's some theory around it um, where you know it's a bit different if you're junior maybe you don't have to have this very clearly defined. Um, and then on the complete opposite of the spectrum, maybe if you are, um, you know, head of design at Apple, you don't need more career progressions. You are happy where you are. But usually, you know, what I like to think is, okay, so this person most likely, uh, if I look at statistics of the engineering market, they will leave at some point, maybe in two, three years. And so uh, if they'll be leaving product board, um, you know, what's the next job they will have, like how they want to feel equipped to do the next challenge. Um, and so agreeing on this quite explicitly is okay. So you are here because maybe you want to start your own startup product startup in the future, what we can do to help you get there. Um, it's great. So it's great to have this early on and very explicitly stated because then you can make sure that they're continuously growing towards this goal and they won't leave because they feel that, you know, um, they're not learning anything new. And of course, sometimes you, you might reach the goal and then, you know, you can talk more and figure out what's the next goal. Maybe there's something else they could learn in the company and progress while staying there. Maybe, you know, the best thing for them is to leave and that's okay as well. Yeah, this reminds me of a phrase that I used in a slightly different context recently that to to make yourself a challenging partner, not an adversary in any yeah. of these kind of processes. Yeah. So obviously it can't be soft, right? You can't say, I'm here for you and I'm going to do everything for you, but I am, I am a partner for you. I am somebody who's going to help you on this path, but I'm going to do it by challenging you. Yeah. And uh, I thought I'd use that phrase out of nowhere. Maybe it's been written somewhere, but I thought of it with your alliance. The two people in the alliance can be challenging partners to each other or the, the organization and the, and the person. Well, we're going to have to give up this room for other exciting product board activities, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. I hope that, uh, that you had a good time as well. Yeah, me too. Thanks a lot, Josh. Thanks a lot for your time. And we look forward to sharing this and many other interesting conversations about these exciting topics with you right here on the product board engineering leadership podcast. Thanks for listening.